Welcome to Stock Odds, Odds and End podcast. This is the weekend edition, I guess. Today's Saturday, December 3rd. I'm your host, Dave Singh, with Rob Friesen here. Good evening, Rob. How's everything? Good. Yeah, Dave and I made a, an election to switch it from Sunday nights to Saturday. Possibly we could even consider Friday as well, depending on our schedules. Um, one thing we liked about the Sunday night was the futures were open as of 6 p.m., uh, Eastern, and so you can kind of get a little bit of an attitude. But we recognize as well that things can change in that overnight session before they open. So there's no guarantee that what we're seeing at night is going to be there the, the next day. Um, the whole thing about stock odds dealing with seasonality and the data that's in it, it's supposed to help us plan for the next time frame. And so that's in place anyway. Uh, based on seasonality data, we have way in advance. But um, with the database getting updated from Friday's close, you know, in order to curate some symbols, we do need uh, to consider a few hours after the close before the first set of data is ready. Corporate adjustments are done uh, later at about uh, 8.30 Pacific, 11.30 uh, Eastern time. So um, it's Probably best overall, we can wait till uh, Saturdays, but we'll see how it goes. Uh, this will enable you guys to get uh, the podcast earlier and maybe helps you with your preparedness uh, for next week as well. Um, so that's the goal. And of course, life, you know, always has its plans for us versus <laughs> our goals. But nonetheless, here we are. Um, so, Dave, uh, what have you been seeing in your research for seasonality and economic reports coming up and so on. We don't start yeah. first here. Yeah, I think first we'll just cover the week ahead here in terms of economic reports. It's it's kind of a lighter week. There's no major um, reports or Fed speak like we had the past week. Um, Monday, we can accept, expect uh, ISM services. So a little bit of insight into how the economy is doing in terms of small business. Um, on Wednesday, productivity thursday initial jobless claims that could be interesting and then friday producer prices so so some insight into inflation and jobless numbers employment numbers um, if they still show strength it means the fed could remain hawkish if the employment numbers soften a bit then the fed could be a little bit more dumbish so that's that's what we're looking for in terms of economic reports and uh, in terms of earnings there's still a smattering of earnings trickling out here Monday, there's 155 companies still reporting, and then throughout the week, about 50 or 60 per each day. So make sure you check your symbols, cross-check them for if they have earnings before or after hours. And then in terms of the entire month, December is expected to be a little bit softer, minus 0.27% for the entire month for the S&P 500, with the small caps being slightly positive, 0.17. So that with that backdrop, Throughout different times of the month, we can expect different things. So mid-month, um, we can expect the spider to be down a bit, about half a percent. And even the third Friday of the month, options expiration, the S&P is expected to be down. And the only period throughout the month that looks strong is the last five days of the month, 0.47% um, return on the final five days, with most of that front-loaded on the first one, two, and three days of that five-day period. So. Um, we've just come off some news macro catalyst in the past week. This week looks a little bit more boring business as usual, and we don't have any um, in terms of seasonality of mid-month or beginning of month, but 
come the following week, we could expect a little bit more softness there. Um, also, if we look at where we've come the entire year, year to date, <clears throat> the Dow is really not down very, very much, only 5%, but the NASDAQ is still down over 26%. So um, that just shows a defensive nature and posturing. And even what we've seen with the Dow in the past few weeks, it's outperformed, right? So there is still this um, risk off kind of posturing happening in the background. And if you look at the index, the, the uh, groups that are doing the best this year and the worst, again, energy up 44% for the full year with utilities and, and consumer defensive falling behind. Those are just slightly down one or 2% for the year. And the worst have been communication services and communication cyclic, consumer cyclicals. So there, it's a, there's a big divergence between what has done well this year and what has not. Um, I think we need to keep uh, eyes on key levels in the S&P 500. So Rob, you wanna go over the, those levels that you see on the spider? Yeah. Um First, I just want to reinforce here. Um, so the performance for uh, this past week from the uh, diamonds was uh, 0.36, SPY was 1.14, IWM was 1.33, and uh, Q's was 1.96. And so, like, if you look at the the more recent um, data here, and then compare it also to last month, you know, the Q's the Q's have been sort of picking up some steam relative to the diamonds. So, um, you know, there is a lot of cash on the sidelines. Uh, fund managers and investors have been looking for opportunity to um, to deploy that, you know, justification. And now I think there's a little bit more stabilization uh, with the bonds, um, interest rates and so on. And this, that we were on a massive trend down with the uh, TLT, for example, and you know that reversed in the last uh, couple of weeks here, um, and and so that gives a more opportunity for people to use both the equities and the bond market, uh, more respective, hedging, more balanced. Um, it's just it's just uh, coming into where there can be the argument to deploy capital, and really that started back on October the 13th was uh, sort of a a big catalyst to hey you know uh, we gapped down massively and we just retraced the whole the whole thing plus and so since then it's been like they've been consistently looking for opportunity to deploy capital and friday we saw that with our gap down again and it's remarkable all through you know the last while i mean it's just a fed banter or um you know significant players uh that, that have a wide following talking about something, whether it's recession or whether it's, uh, you know, dovishness, more dovishness coming from the Fed in the future. But they seem to move markets a lot and um, gives us a lot of these gaps. So economic reports, yes. Uh, Fed speak, yes. I mean, all this stuff is, is playing into the market every day. And, and then on Friday, you know, our unemployment numbers and, uh, and hourly wages was what, you know, knocked the market down and uh you know it it retraced it, it rallied back um and again that's only because people are again committed to finding things on sale you know and and uh, in inflationary times you guys know that you like a sale out there in the supermarket or in the you know mall or whatever um investors are no different we like things on sale so um uh, 
Friday was a great starting point. And for trading, this is what helps us do really well and make money in a, in a manner that's, you know, sort of not evenly distributed. We don't get that luxury of our returns being completely evenly distributed. You know, we like to, we like to track things on a weekly basis and say, you know, how did we do this week? How did we do the last week? You know, are we consistent week over week? Because it's not, you know, easy to be green every single day. You can do the right thing and still have, you know, results that are not what you'd like. Um, one of the things that is a backdrop to everything is, of course, the U.S. dollar. And I've talked on this show many times about when the U.S. dollar declines. And why is it? Why was it stronger? It was stronger because of the anticipation of the Fed hiking rates. And so if you go back to March when we started, that's when it kind of lifted off of its December to February channel and started to, to rally. And, um, and it consistently moved as the Fed was very aggressive. And it was a very uh, you know, steep, sharp rise in interest rates. In historically, one of the quickest raises that we've ever had, not the most, but the quickest. And, uh, and so as we roared into September, um, you know, we were starting to get a little bit more uh, indication that, um, you know, maybe in the future they would slow that pace down. So that's really why the dollar started to pull back. Um, and then it's continued that. So the move that we've had has been substantial. And uh, you know, this past week here, we had three down days in the dollar. And what does that do? It gives the opportunity for the, the market, you know, which is priced in dollars to you know, maybe have a move upward. It also, more importantly, um, affects the commodities that trade in U.S. dollars, that are priced in U.S. dollars, and, and so on. So we can look at our commodity uh, base and we can see how well that's done. So uh, moving on to, um, you know, first we've got um, the oil. Um, crude oil has had a bit of a damper on it. We were expecting it to be a little bit more bullish with that that dollar um, pullback as well. Um, but the problem has been the, you know, the caps uh, discussed on Russian oil and uh, and the lockdowns in China and the recession side of the talk uh, have all kind of hampered the crude oil prices. But again, we're not out of the woods with all that. And, um, you know, there's a lot more that can develop on the global front, including increase in, in wars and, and stuff like that, which could affect it. Um, we'll have to see how this uh, price cap thing actually plays out. And, you know, what OPEC does is going to be a big part of it, too. Um, and then our strategic oil reserve has uh, been utilized a lot to to lower uh, prices for West Texas. And, you know, there there comes a time when you've got to replenish that or if something else comes along where you're really tapped out. Um, so it's kind of a an interesting prospects for oil. But, uh, you know, we haven't gone through the entire winter yet and we haven't gone into next year to see how things play out. but. 
still still expecting there to be uh, more demand, especially if China comes comes back online in a much bigger way. Um, but the big story is take a look at silver. Um, and silver is interesting because it has broken out here. So it took out the June high, which was quite corresponding. Well, I mean, we had a November high, which didn't quite get to the June high. But now we've, in the last two days, we've taken out the, the June high. And that means that there's a pretty good air pocket heading back up to, say, the March highs, when, which was just after the war started and silver was kind of spiking in. So we're, we're now back on target with, with clear blue skies above us on silver. And so if the dollar continues to pull back, I think that can influence that. Gold is, uh, hasn't taken out the August high that it had. It's coming, it's approaching it, and it had a you know pretty good day on Thursday and then Friday. It pulled back and then still managed to hold up okay. So uh, again, related to the dollar, uh, that could move above the August highs. If that does, then um, we've got some consolidation between 1850 and the highs. So some matching highs there around 1880. Above 1880, you know, it's not like there's not points to test, but a lot more, a lot more clear blue sky above 1880 for a while anyway. So that's gold. Um, copper's an interesting one because it hasn't taken out its November high, and it's really tied to, you know, the the green revolution. It's really tied to um, recession or not for 2023. So um, keeping a real close eye on copper, it's always been sort of an advance indicator of, of markets getting healthier. Um, so it needs to address the November high and take that out. And then we've got some, some blue sky there. Okay. Um, let's go to our... So now there's a difference in looking at your futures charts on the Dow, the S&P, NASDAQ, and Russell versus looking at the ETFs that track the indices. Um, so with, um, let's just put in diamonds here, for example. Diamonds um, had a, you know, pretty good, pretty good day in terms of opening down below the day before um, uh, low. So it actually, not just below the close on the gap, but actually below the previous day's low. And it did rally all the way through those numbers to, to close, you know, pretty close to the, the close of the day before. The, the fact is we are above the August highs with that one. Now let's put in the SPY here. So uh, the SPY also opened down below the low from the day before, December 1st, and um, rallied through that, through the low, and then uh, up to pretty much close the gap. It took all day to do it. It was right right just after 3 p.m. Eastern time that it finally closed the gap. And then uh, it closed 
down from the day before at 0.12%, so slightly down from the previous day's close. The Qs, um, they've been, you know, the market that's that's been laggy but starting to catch up. And of course, the big catalyst day was November 30th, where the Qs just ripped and took out, you know, our three-day high, five-day high, and even uh, went to match the 10-day high. And that was 293.26. And then we punched through by about 21 cents. So that took out November's high and closed there. So really remarkable day. On December 1st, it was a tighter range day, kind of trying to figure out what, what to do with itself. And it pretty much closed unchanged. And then um, we didn't have, for the queues as large a, of a gap down as we did with the Dow. Um, but it, uh, it recovered and, uh, again, took all day to almost fill the gap. It didn't quite. And we closed down 0 0.40 on the queues. And the better of the four was IWM, which, again, if you listen to Dave on the uh, prospects for the Russell for December, it is slightly positive where the S&P is slightly negative. But the Russell gap down, you know, significantly way below the low of the previous day. And it rallied not only to challenge that low and get through it, but it did it in the first, you know, 45 minutes and filled the gap. Um, so quite a different story than the other markets. And then it proceeded to go through that and and build on the day and actually close up 0.58%. So the Rus Russell was the remarkable candidate for Friday. And uh, our top 20 Russell list, uh, just naked stocks by itself, produced 3.51% uh, performance with the um, the IWM only coming in at plus 2%. So, uh, you know, one and a half percent more for the um, the Russell, uh, the list of stocks, the 20 stocks that we had, right? Um, and now, even if you hedged it, you were up on a dollar for dollar basis, you were up 0.76%. So that was completely hedged. That worked too. Um, now, remember, we've talked about how well the Russell can do on these gap downs. And of course, you have to have your hedges standing by. But what I'm, I'm getting from a lot of traders and discussing is there's there's this element of fear. And it's like, you know, you, you kind of get caught up in what is happening instead of the probabilities of what will happen. And so you have to force yourself to override your emotions and, you know, even the scary thoughts that you have and say, I'm going to take this trade. And why I can take it is because I'm prepared. I'm loaded up with the ability to instantly edge off if I see any sign of trouble. And if you practice that, you'll get better and better at holding through some of the shaking that's really not consequential. It's just emotional, right? It gets to your emotions. But if you're prepared, you'll get better and better at saying, I can hold, I can hold, I can hold, I can hold. Okay, now I need to hedge off. You're just going to get better at that. It takes practice. 
But you first have to address the fear element because fear has been something that has held traders back from their best performance and their best types of days because they're afraid. And we found, you know, over the years that really it's those things that you're scared to do that pay off the best. But I'm not talking about complacency to risk. I'm talking about you have your probability list. They, they was all already curated with some research of whatever form you want. If you want to put in more than just statistics and you want to do macro and you want to do other things, that's fundamentals as well. That's great. But you have your list. You're ready to trade the list anyway. And you would, if the market was opening flat, you would just do your list along with your hedges. Right? You do your long and shorts. But if the market's opening down, you could change that equation to focus on the long side with your hedges standing by. And there is the risk of some slippage there if we open down and we continue to drop. But if you study this and you do back testing on gap fills, even just simple one, go back and look at how many times you know the market opened down 1% or more and what happened subsequently. And you'll see because it's a buy side market historically that the gaps largely get filled. So I want to encourage you not to succumb to the fear, but to choose instead preparedness so that you can improve your ability to hold even naked if it's if, it, if the opportunity's there. And so only if and when the opportunity's there. But Historically, the, the small caps, they really like some of these discounts. And because they have higher betas, they slingshot back pretty well. So that was a nice uh, showing for our Russell list. NASDAQ list also did uh, well, and that was five longs and five shorts. Um, and the um, S&P uh, 500 list also did well, but, you know, not not the as, as robust of performance as the NASDAQ or the Russell. Um, it's more mean reverting. It's it's more you know efficient and things like that. So there's a bit of a trade-off between that that sort of safety element and the um, and the production, the you know potential performance that you get. Okay, um, Dave, why don't you go through anything else on the news side or we talk a little bit more no. about what you see on the treasuries, the ten-year treasury. Yeah, it just seems like we're quite a ways down from that high we had in October. So we rallied um, pretty hard throughout the year. We got to about four and a quarter percent in October, but now we're at three and a half percent. So we've really come back down quite a bit uh, on that. And that's that also supported for growth stocks. So we had that wind at our back. Um, and uh, I there's the OPEC stuff. So there's this tension between Biden trying to release oil and then OPEC trying to control prices. So we right, do have this push right. and pull um, in terms of that. But I was trying to study the streaks a little bit more. And there's a lot of interesting reports in, in the dashboards. And I pulled up one, which is um, a streaks report. And I thought that's some content for you to review as well. Okay, well, you know, uh, with the streaks, they're uh, from the dashboards, they're projected at three-day return. If you go to the web screener or use the API, you can, you know, do a three-day or you can boil it down to open to close. But just from the 
uh, dashboard itself, the streaks is a three day projected return. Um, so uh, this would be from the close of Friday going out three days in what's probably expected to be not much of an uh, eventful week overall, uh, according to the economic reports and stuff that you mentioned. But um, we can look at a, a couple of them here. So on the trending upside, we have BNTX and Myrna. Uh, that can actually, those can be traded as a pair. Um, uh, same thing with, you know, Pfizer in the mix is a three-way as well. So there's lots of opportunity for combo trading there. Um, then you have, uh, you, is that Unity? Or you, uh, yeah, you, Unity. No, L-I. L-I, okay. Um, and then we have uh, Myrna, uh, Futi, and Enphase. So looking at the, um, so what the trending up is, is that they're streaking, but they may, like, maybe a one day up, and they've, they've sort of come off the bottom and, uh, you know, there might be in a, been a channel there or something is, is showing that it's trending up. Um, the odds on that are not super fantastic for the ones that are one streak, but for Myrna, it has three streaks. Odds are 60.9 of a 1.72% performance over the next three days. And BNTX is five days of streaking already with uh, probabilities of 786 um, so that's in the trending up area. You might want to look at that. Uh, looking at BNTX chart, um, it's, it has low volatility, certainly um, a little bit less than Myrna. And Myrna kind of went up too too fast and pulled back and then popped up, whereas uh, BT, BNTX is just sort of methodically climbing. So that's interesting there. Um, I'll go to the... So that's trending down category, um, AAL, Expedia, so a little bit of the discretionary travel stuff, MRO, PSX, both in the energy space and snow in the technology space. Um, of those charts, probably uh, snow looks the most interesting. It, it really rallied. A lot on November 30th and again on December 1st. It's really quite sideways uh, and uneventful on uh, Friday, whereas a lot of other things were up a lot. So that's interesting to me for a possible move down. I got that right there, Dave? Yeah, it's, it was um, really sharp compared to the other charts. Yeah. Um, on the reversal one, so we're looking at Bullish reversals, you've got car, so rental, discretionary. And one is, I might be in the industrial category, I can't remember, I think it is. Uh, MB, MDB, AMD, NVIDIA. So you've got two um, chips in there. Let's take a look at those. Odds are 54 to 61 on the, all across the board on those bullish reversals. And again, this is three days out. Let's look at that. So, um, yeah, the one, the one that's. Uh, wait a minute. How come snow's in there? I'm on the wrong screen, then, am I? Oh yeah, I'm on the wrong screen here. 
NVIDIA and AMD, yeah. Okay. So um, the ADMD, that one is extremely choppy, right? So that's a that's high noise. Um, AMD and NVIDIA both had big moves on November 30th. December 1st, a little bit more follow through from NVIDIA than AMD. So in terms of, of the discount, um, AMD pulled back more on December the 2nd and, uh, and bounced a bit less. NVIDIA pulled back less and bounced a bit more. So uh, for a strength situation, it's looking like NVIDIA is a little bit uh, more interesting, perhaps. Um, yeah, I mean, you're going to have to, it, it's really kind of tough to comment on what's going to happen next from a chart perspective. I think the, the key here is to look for potential, like what's most discounted, what pulled back, what might have a greater credibility as far as a signal if you want to combine technicals with the statistics. And we'll pull up the bullish reversals. Sorry, bearish reversals? What is this one? Yeah, next is bearish reversals. There's a, a Lenar. Firm, a firm, unity, MSTR, Lenar, yeah. So those are bearish reversals. Okay, Lenar. Um, yeah, those have all been up. And uh, and and then those are great. I, I mean, I, I, love, I love when you have some strong numbers in terms of streaks that you're you're getting into more price discovery there's probably a, a little bit more of a news component but looking at those for potential reversals um still respecting the strength that might be there uh, but looking for potential reversals and uh you know mstr for example uh great performance on friday up four percent um you know it, those those it can pay off well if, if next week it decides it wants to pull back um, both Lennar, SE, and Unity weren't up that much on Friday, so they don't have that same, you know, powder keg potential of pulling back. So, you know, there is a there is a, a blend here of performance that's streaked and potential payoff if it's reverting back. Um, but you're going to have to qualify them yourself in terms of what you like um let's see what else we got well i think it's been a long session here today i think we can be done on that unless you got anything else to add i'll just pull up the map of the market here um looks like a bit of difference going on between meta uh, strength versus google uh, Meadow was up on Friday. Google was down. So that might be something changing there. Uh, drug manufacturers uh, were all up overall. Uh, industrials were up overall. So it was actually ended up being a, a very defensive outcome in terms of the, the top performances. But the payoff, a lot of it came from the small caps and the tech stocks, even though the tech stops on a close to close basis showing that they're down still, they opened down 
a lot of them even more and bounced significantly. Uh, so there, you know, you can't always get the complete picture just look by looking at the map of the market. You have to look at how things opened and you know what they did for the day. And some of them opened and and very very quickly had good payoff. You know, even by ten o'clock Eastern time, that first half hour. Uh, so. Keep that in mind, aerospace, uh, you know, has been softer for a while. It kind of came roaring back on Friday, you know, the defense contractors and stuff. Basic materials are definitely hot. Um, and that's, again, based on the U.S. dollar pulling back. Um, financials bit mixed right now um, because they were benefiting a lot from the rise in interest rates. So now if that's not going to be as aggressive you know maybe they're just stabilizing i don't see them being down huge at this point but with with this interest rate pace being subsided uh the financials um should you know not be as strong not as uh you know aggressively invested in as they were during the phase of interest rate hike um so anyway keep that in your back your mind um we finished the, that week on a bit of a defensive note, and that may persist still for next week. Um, you know, as we're kind of like wait and see what the, the following week is, we have more to talk about on that news front because we've got, you know, uh, CPI numbers, we've got uh, interest rate decision, and we've got expiration. So there's a lot going on. The, following week so this is kind of your quieter week to hopefully you know be more of a, a noise trader just trading your longs and shorts without you know having to worry about too much economic reports okay hope that helps guys have a good preparation for monday and for next week okay good luck thanks